Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Loud and Local continues on The Rock with Kevin Deers, 99.9 KISW. Hey, what's going on? It's Loud and Local Stay Home Sessions, the last official in-person interview I ever did. No, hopefully not for the rest of my life, but uh, before the apocalypse of 2020 was this man and his band, Aurora's Eyes, Jay Middleton. How's it going, bro? Dude, I feel like that this might be the last stay home session you might do since I was the last in-person session that you did. Dude. So I'm trying not to jinx anything right now. This is not going to be the last stay home session. I got I got an interview set up tomorrow, so you're not jinxing, man. <laughs> Uh, first off, I would like to thank you. Uh, you helped me in my sanity, uh, get yeah. through, uh, what is, what was an insane 10 months. You lent me some gear. I ended up buying some of it from you and, uh, man, thank you so much for hooking me up super last minute with uh, some home not audio equipment. Not a problem at all. dude. Not a problem. Um, so so let's let's get into it, man. Since I last saw you, well, I saw you last week when I dropped off a board. But I mean, when the last time we actually sat down and talked ten yeah, months ago or so, uh, about ten months ago, March, yeah, uh, you guys were gearing up to play a show at the uh, what was that venue? Uh, what's that venue? Substation. Substation. Your record release show uh, got canceled, of course, as everything else did. But you guys were gearing yeah. up for that. We were all wearing our hand, we were all wearing plastic gloves. We were socially distanced. Um, things obviously got a lot worse from there. But uh, how have you been staying sane and staying busy? Writing a lot of music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, writing a lot of music, playing a lot of uh, disc golf. Okay. Um, you know, getting getting more mentally learning about things I didn't know. Like, you know, I've been kind of like a casual hockey fan most of my life. Yeah. Um, but now with the new team coming, I wanted to dive more into the actual ruling and the sport, you know, and yeah. learning more of how things work so I can understand it better when – the inaugural season happens for the Seattle Kraken. So I've been mm-hmm. doing a lot of that. Um, so I've been watching a lot of hockey. Nice. Um, you know, especially like when all the hell went down, you know, last year we mm-hmm. had 
so many sport things cancel that I normally watch. Like yeah. one of my biggest favorite things to watch every year is the NCAA March Madness basketball tournament. Yeah. And um, I'm a huge Oregon Ducks fan. I've been a huge Oregon Ducks fan my entire life. And um, I just felt they canceled the entire tournament last year. So I was really bummed out. But yeah. then when the NHL season decided to do this kind of tournament style thing for the uh, playoffs and um, for the Stanley cup last year, it was kind of a really cool thing to like kind of fill that void, but, um, it's a good jumping on point. Yeah. 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 So, you know, it was really cool to get into that. Um, I've been, I got a dumb cat trying to jump on <laughs> in my area. Nice. We've been, so we, We've done a lot of writing too in that meantime. Like we were setting up goals to like get certain things done at certain times yeah. and such like that. And we have like a whole nother record like written out for ideas already. And we pretty much had like an outline of a record written out um, by last September almost. And then we ended up changing bass players. Mm-hmm during last year and uh which was kind of a weird thing that happened because i david our original bass player and i've been friends for a good amount of time and it was nothing personal at all yeah it was just all creative differences and the playing style that he plays just wasn't what we were looking for anymore Mm -hmm. and so we wanted to go dig deep into something different and uh one of the cool things was we had an opportunity to just kind of take our time. You know, we weren't yeah. in a rush. Nobody was doing shows, nobody at all. And we felt like this might be a good opportunity for, you know, us to really meet somebody, develop a relationship with somebody while gelling with them musically and everything. And we ended up meeting this guy named Ethan. He's a really talented musician, really awesome music teacher. Oh, cool. Um, and he's just really knowledgeable and it's really cool to get like his insight on what we're writing and get him in the creative process. Yeah. Cause that was the thing I liked the most about it was that he was really good with just being honest, mm-hmm. you know, up front, you know, we had some, like some songs that we felt really strong about and he came in and listened to him. It was like, you know, you could do this way better. You could do this, this, and this. Yeah. And it was just kind of like, this is what we needed. You know what I mean? Just because the three of us can just sit in a room and just try to just bash our heads into a wall. And then we bring a fourth person in and it was, it was a really cool thing to do. I really enjoyed it a lot and I still do. Um, but then also a lot of new things happened with the band. Um, Basically, Aurora's Eyes is not only going to be a Seattle band anymore. Um, we're going to be a West Coast band due to some uh, movement with a couple members right now. Yeah, so, well, who moved? Well, that's not, nobody's moved yet. It's just going to be happening soon. Um, Brian, our guitar player and vocalist, he's going to be moving down to California. Um, and Ben, our drummer, is going to be moving to Oregon. And he's also going to be doing... Uh, a really cool thing. He's going to be basically taking six months off to ride his bike across the, the, across the country. Nice. So, yeah. So it's, 
you know, it's a dream of his. So we're like, you know what, dude, there's nothing going to happen like this year. So go do yep. it. You know, this is and, the perfect year, dude. This is like that, yeah. that leap year they say, or what do they call that? Like after, uh, in, in other countries, like people are allowed like one year after college or before college to go and kind of travel the world. Obviously we oh, can't yeah. really travel the world per se, but you know, on a bike or, you know, relocate or, you know, things, um, you know, w- I think, the thing that's really uh, been discovered by a lot of people is just how easy it is to work from home. So it doesn't really matter yeah. where you're working from home. Uh, so yeah, people can I, go like, work. Especially like yeah. for those, those two guys are software engineers. If I remember right, there's, they work in the developmental sides of stuff. So they're able to work wherever they want. That's know? awesome. And they've, they've been working from home since like February of last year. So, um, it's 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 honestly it's okay and plus like for a band like us we're not gonna be playing like a lot anyways and we're probably not gonna, if, when we do are able, gonna be able to play it's gonna be very you know pick and choose on where and when we're gonna play and now it gives us a little bit of opportunity of like well we can make connections down here in california we can make connections here in oregon and be able to like figure out logistics of like doing things in those areas too. So it's kind of cool. Uh, when I first heard the news about it, it was kind of weird. It was at the same band practice and both of them just decided to drop this info and they yeah. both did not like talk about it beforehand with each other. Oh, wow. Because it was just so random. And I thought like, wow, this, this ended quick, you know? And, but I don't look at it as an end. I just look at it as like, this band was originally started as a solo project. It was a project that I never thought was ever going to like really come to light. Yeah. And it has, and honestly, like our music's a little obscure and weird that it doesn't need to be like, and it's not like a full-time thing. Yeah. You know, we all, we all work day jobs, so it's not really a big deal anyways. You know, we just love making music. It could so, be a, yeah. And it could be just like a West coast collaborative thing. And, and, you know, like the thing is, is like if he gets if he puts his roots down in wherever he does in California, you know, then then that means that, you know, not only do you have a hometown here in Seattle, but what if, you know, if he gets kind of ingrained in the scene down there, then you guys can kind of be a local band down there, too, if he has his exactly. roots. Down, so exactly, you know, and um, but, you know, I've not let that I kind of let that fuel me to like also work on other things musically too. Um, I got two EPs in the works that I'm trying to get done this year and release this year. Nice. Some so, solo stuff uh, or yeah. Yeah. So one of them is going to be under the moniker Jaybird. Okay. It's just, uh, it's like a, uh, late nineties, early two thousands, like pop skate punk kind of feel. Okay. Uh, offspring bad religion um kind of those like you know tony hawk pro skating like punk bands that you heard okay you're taking a machine gun kelly route okay (laughs) yeah um but it's it's a little bit the thing i like about it like i was really deep diving into a bunch of bands during this time that's the cool thing about this whole you know pandemic is that you're able to kind of like do 
some deep dives you yeah, know, into things. Totally. I deep dived into the offspring catalog and, you know, I did comedy a little bit and I really love how like comedic punk rock can be. Mm-hmm. And so like, I felt like a lot of the lyrics are going to have like, they're coming from true stories, but they're going to have that comedic element to them. So okay. I get to have that part of me in there. Um, and that one's in a lot. That one's actually got more wheels spinning to it, and I probably will have it out in the fall. Yeah. Um, but there's still a lot of stuff that's still in the works with it, um, and maybe when live shows happen, it will come out live too. So that's yeah. a hopeful. Um, but the other project which I'm excited about, but I'm kind of not spinning too heavy on the wheels on it yet, is a. Uh, a very like melodic hardcore EP, but like instead of me fronting it, it's going to be just guest vocals on every single song. Okay. It's, it's going to be friends that I've met through the scene. Oh, growing up, um, Jeremy Bushnell and cowardice is going to be on it. Nice. Um, Ken Sharp, who was the vocalist of my old band before I die is going to be on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's going to be pretty exciting. It's going to be pretty cool. That one's probably only be like a five track EP though. Okay. Awesome, man. Well, I look forward to hearing that stuff. We're actually just going to, let's jump into a song by your band, Aurora's eyes that we were talking about. That is now not just a Seattle band. So we're going to go into a song here. Uh, we're going to go into the ritual. Uh, this is the album is called the grief, which is technically still new because, well, uh, I feel we'll get into that right after this, but this is uh, this is the ritual from the album The Grief by Aurora's Eyes here on Loud and Local Stay Home Sessions. Thank you. 
Hey, what's up? It's Loud and Local Stay Home Sessions. It's Aurora's Eyes. I'm talking with Jay Middleton, guitarist and, and founder of the band. Uh, that was uh, one of my favorite records of the year uh, locally and, and just uh, all over, man. You guys killed it, and I feel like it's not fair that you guys put out this record right before the world shut down. So I feel like, and this not just for you guys, but I feel like for a lot of bands that kind of just put their records out during the pandemic or during, you know, the times where we can't tour, I feel like there should be allowed, there should be a re-release allowed. You, <laughs> you yeah, should no, just I be, able, like, it should be considered new. You should be able to re-release it once the world opens up and it should be considered a new album. Well, I thought about doing a vinyl release just add but, one song or something. Yeah, but like, then I looked into how much it is pressing oh, yeah. vinyl, and was like, no, I'm not going to do a vinyl release. Especially like, you know, I don't think it would sell as much as we. I mean, like, selling the hard copy CDs was is still even like a hassle because just because yeah. everybody's gone digital, you know. And I mean, getting vinyl is really cool, but and I love vinyl. I collect vinyl. Yeah. Uh, specifically just from bands that I absolutely love but um, and I would love to have vinyl of my own material one day but it's just so goddamn expensive it is expensive yeah exactly the only way we would do it is we did a kickstarter and our fan base is so small you know that we're still just trying to build so we just don't have the fan base to really make that happen for sure but um you know, it's kind of funny that you say like, like it felt like what was it cheated out from like this last year? Or, yeah. Um, I mean, like, here's the thing: how I look at it is like, the grief was probably like a really it was a really good record, but it was ninety percent me. I mm-hmm. wrote ninety percent of that album, and there's only one song that's collectively written by four people on there and that's um memento now okay the ritual the ritual is actually written off of a warm-up that i do and that was kind of like the basis that first main riff that you hear is mm-hmm. actually just a warm-up that i do okay my fingers ready to go um and my picking ready to go when i'm just picking up the guitar i was just doing that and i was like what if i just put a bunch of effects on it and just see what happens and that's what happened that's how that song came about but also it was like the idea then like this in my head was like if i made a music video it'd be like this song that's like a girl doing a ouija ritual and she's she's talking to a spirit and the spirit's telling her how she died and that was like where my mind went with like writing the song in my imagination so that's why the title came that way okay but it's also ritual is i pick up the guitar that riff is what i usually that's the ritual yeah i see i see nice dude But also like going back to the whole like you know it's weird that this album came out in 2020 and this year you know and yeah um yeah, that's true. Um, and I also believe that, but because of the material that we've written in quarantine, um, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy how far we've come writing together as a band. Yeah. Because you can, hear, you can totally hear the difference of like all four of us writing compared to just me writing. So, it's I, I can't wait till we actually 
get something out again. And um, we are going to be releasing something Ooh. in the spring. Nice, dude. Nice. Yeah, yeah. In spring. It's also going to be the first release of vocals. So Ooh. I'm pretty excited about it. It's still in the works right now. Um, but just expect something in the spring. Yeah. And uh, it's pretty it's it's probably it stands out on its own from the grief and that's what i love about it so there's an evolution of the band and that's fine with me because i i don't i don't think bands that stay the same sound every single album um mature or grow in any way or show any artistic growth Sometimes I feel like those bands kind of just stay that way to make their fan base stay there. Yeah. But um, not knocking that if you just want to play like, you know, straight up thrash metal on seven or eight records in a row. Yeah. Go ahead. That floats your boat. That floats your boat. But if you want to grow and have a little bit of flavor and variety in your sound, um, within each record and have it be a different chapter where your artistic direction goes, Mm -hmm. then that's what I find more appealing to me because that's how I looked at just life in general is like that. You know, I started out just like wanting to play Metallica riffs, you know, you know, I I wanted to grow up to be James Hetfield. You know, that's what (laughs) I was when I was like, you know, 14 playing the guitar for the first time. And then, getting into my later teens wanting to play like in as a die or kill switch engage and then wanting to play in like you know mastodon mm-hmm. and then wanting to play in black sabbath you know just kind of like growing into something different you know and now i want to play like either punk prog metal or reggae like that's really like where I'm at, like mentally nice. when it comes to music. So it's just that's another thing I've been deep diving into though too is reggae. Um, and this year has kind of given me a way. It, it kind of calms me down. I think that's a lot of the things. Like with all the things that happen in the world and it's mm-hmm. been happening in the U.S., um, finding something that's just not blaring in your face and kind of just chill out. And, yeah. Um, kind of distract you and just kind of like put your mind at ease and like when i go play disc golf like it's really easy to just like let click on some like bob marley or mm-hmm. some soja or something like uh pacifier or um stick figure and just kind of like let that be the background music nice. instead of just having it like be almost a distraction Jay, I got to tell you that this year I've found how much I enjoy classical King FM when I'm driving. I feel like such an oh, old yeah. guy, but I just put it on. You know, the news is so like stressful. I'm just like feel myself just tensing up and I just put classical music on and I'm just like, <sighs> or jazz music, jazz and classical. I've gotten more into this year than I ever have. So have I feel watched, you on that. Uh, have you watched uh, Soul? Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Yeah, I love dude, that. Dude. So good. So good. All right, Jay, I got I to gotta ask you a question here. I'm going to put you on the spot. You are okay. the biggest Metallica fan that I know, and you are an mm-hmm. unabashed Metallica fan. You, uh, From what I understand, you, you totally support all eras of Metallica. So yeah. let's do a little uh, activity here. Okay. Defend 
sane anger? So I'll defend the fact that the band needed to do that album okay. in that time period. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at Metallica, it started in 1982. Okay. They were all like 17, 18 years old. And they literally lived that lifestyle nonstop. Mm-hmm. And when they were, I think they were probably in like their mid thirties, early mid thirties when St. Anger was happening. I mean, that's, you know, half, that's pretty much your whole entire adult life has been living like that. And you're hitting a wall. And so you had, you know, Jason Newstead leave the band. You have James Hetfield, like first, you know, just like definitely not in the right mindset. And then he goes to rehab and he mm-hmm. comes out of it and he's kind of got a clear head, but he kind of needed to like the way he, the lyrics he was writing, the stuff he was writing, he had to kind of get it out of there. Um, you also have each member. It was a really weird process, but it was probably something that needed to get done so they could grow closer together as a band because pretty much Metallica was it was Lars and James writing for all the way up to St. Anger. St. Anger was the first album where all bass, three members at the time, because let's face it, there was no bass player during that time. There was Bob Rock. So you could say he was like the fourth member during that time. But it was where they were collectively working together. But in my opinion, there's only one song that really I, I enjoyed listening to on that record. And that's dirty window because it seems like it's the most like structured song that actually has like, it makes sense in that format. Everything else just seems really overextended way too long. Um, kind of jammy and just doesn't, it doesn't make sense. There's parts in Load and Reload that are jammy, but they make sense, you know, like an Outlaw Torn, Bleeding Me, Fixer. Um, those songs have like that grunge era feel to them and they make sense. St. Anger is a really weird record. I think the thing is, it's like if you listen to St. Anger without watching some kind of monster, there's no way you can defend that record. But you watch some kind of monster and you're like, this makes sense now. But, and you also got to remember, they were doing like therapy sessions mm-hmm. like multiple times a week with this therapist um, that realistically like got them through this whole process. And it was you pretty much watch the world's biggest band collapse, come back. And that album still went number one. You know, it's. The fan base still bought the album. They may have not liked it, but they still bought it and supported the band, and they're still supporting the band. Absolutely. Because, like, you know, they if they didn't write St. Anger, Death Magnetic would not sound the way it did, and Hardwired to Self-Destruct would not sound the way it did. I honestly think Hardwired to Self-Destruct is sonically the biggest record they've ever made since the Black Album. They had to get it out of their system. They do. I mean, it's it's a funk. Every I think every band has their sane anger moment, and that's honestly I think it's just a natural thing. I'm actually looking at uh, Revolver Magazine's five things you didn't know about Metallica's sane anger right now. Apparently, yeah. uh, they during the period when Hetfield was in rehab, they worked with Swizz Beats. Uh, yeah, and they did. Jaw Rule collaborated with them or something yeah and it was terrible it was terrible (laughs) 
So I will. I'm going to name drop a podcast that I listen and I support. It, yeah, it's called do it. Metal Up Your Podcast. Uh-huh. It's all things Metallica. Okay, sweet. The hosts, the hosts are uh, Clint Wells and Ethan Luck. Ethan Luck used to play in Demon Hunter and oh, yeah. Lion K, and uh, they interview tech techs with Metallica, people who've toured with Metallica. Um, they've they interviewed Ray Burton a few years ago. This is before nice. he passed. Yeah. Um, I mean, they and they deep dive into a lot of this stuff. They did a huge month of deep diving into Saint Anger, and it's pretty, it's pretty intense stuff. I would highly suggest getting into this podcast. Metal up your podcast, okay, man. I'm a yeah. big fan of music podcasts, and <laughs> and not, not. I'm not just saying that because I do one, but I, I, I have a job during my day job. I ship things out all day, so I listen to about six to seven hours of either music or podcasts rotating. Well, there's a really good. So I got to check it out. Napster, the Metallica oh, versus Napster. Yeah, and honestly, like. You know, if you want to ask me about that, I'll tell you Lars was right the entire time because now there's no middle class of musicians because of streaming, because of internet downloading and such like that. It's a huge issue. It's a huge problem that blew up and they kind of saw it before it really blew up and they wanted to stop it ahead of time. And now we're trying to battle the whole streaming situation mm. of royalties and such. But, but that's a whole nother conversation. More Metallica questions at me. <laughs> okay. All right. My last Metallica question for you. Defend Lulu. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think it was just their opportunity to collaborate with Lou Reed. And they were probably just huge fans of Lou Reed. And they, they were talking with Howard Stern about the whole Lou Reed thing. And apparently there was a part where, uh, Lou Reed would come in and he basically said, okay, start playing something. And one of the guys that was just screwing around, he started playing, uh, wherever I may roam. And he said, uh, don't play that Egyptian. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. It was like, and they all just started laughing at that because they're just kind of so confused of what he was talking about. Cause it sounded like Lou Reed's never heard, the song wherever I may roam by Metallica. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so that is one place you can't defend, but that's okay. You know, whatever. Well, uh, you know, it's it's, it's a collaborative like, album. It's a. Col- I don't even count it as a record. It's non-canon. It's not. It's non-Metallica canon. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so what's uh, so what's the future? You said uh, you guys are going to be coming out with an E or coming out with uh, new material sometime in the spring, potentially, or sometime in 2021, right? Well, we are in 2021, so yeah, it would be now. Uh, oh! <laughs> uh, so yeah, it would be spring of this year. We're going to probably be putting out a single. Nice. Um, Sweet. That's the, I mean, I don't want to tell you it's going to be an EP. I don't want to tell you it's going to be an album, but no, it's a single. Cool. Um, we're probably since Ben's going to be gone for like six, seven months. Mm-hmm. Um, then we're going to have to wait for him to kind of get back in, because he's not going to be playing drums at all during that time. So yeah. he'll have to get back up to speed. And mm-hmm. Once he's back up to speed, then we can actually start, you know, talking about, okay, when are we going to, how do we want to record this next record? Yeah. Um, who are we going to work with? We've kind of, I've kind of talked to a couple different people 
Uh, nothing set in stone yet because we don't have really a time frame. But I would say end of this year is where we're maybe October, November is where we're going to go into pre-production. And then maybe 2022 is when we're going to see it out, probably like in the fall. Mm-hmm. But it just really depends on how everything goes. All right. Sounds good to me, man. And it would just kind of take it as it goes. Like you said, it's kind of hard to just make plans these days and especially bands that are like rescheduling tours. It's like, uh, let's just, let's just see it as, as it goes, you know? Um, so, uh, what's the best way to support you guys, uh, now that, you know, obviously we can't go to a venue and watch you guys play and and buy a t-shirt at a venue or something like that. What's the best way to support you guys? So band camp is probably the best thing to support us because we you know streaming is cool but we actually make more money off of purchases from bandcamp or course, our websites yeah. or um bandcamp is uh aurora's eyes dot bandcamp at uh yeah so aurora's eyes dot bandcamp dot com and then our website is aurora's eyes dot com sweet if you buy it on our website you'll get the physical copy i did also yeah. like after you buy it you'll immediately or within 24 hours we'll get the download link from our band camp so yeah. you know it is cheaper to go get it from our band camp because i think it, we're only selling the album for five bucks on our band camp but for 10 bucks you get a physical copy yeah and i'll even i'll even write a personalized letter Ooh. telling you thank you for buying it um and all like all the money is going towards our next record because there you go you know we're not we're not doing this to you know, I don't feed my kid from making music. So it's, I work a day job to do that. Mm-hmm. I just do this so I could try to, you know, make my music pay for itself. Yeah. So it's just, that's the dream is when you can get your music to pay for itself. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. The hobby that pays for itself and, and is a creative yeah. vision. And yeah. So anything more than that is a blessing, right? For sure. So, and then, you know, I don't have any of the Bandcamp or Spotify stuff for the solo stuff that's coming out, but you know, we'll probably I'll be talking to you when that stuff oh, yeah. comes out. So let let's keep in touch and it just uh, send me any anything that you come up with as far as uh, solo stuff, and we'll get you back on here to talk with your solo stuff yeah, yeah. and debut that. Uh, and uh, yeah, man, it's good to chat with you. Thanks again for yeah. for all the gear. Uh, and. Yeah. And let's go into a song of your choice from The Grief. What, which one do you want to end with? Oh, probably I Believe in Ghosts. All right, man. It's I Believe in Ghosts. Jay, thanks a lot, man. Thanks, Kevin.